what you know what is a quantum computer well it's simple you know our iphones the laptops we're talking on right now recording the show with they all use this bit system which means i have a heads and i have a tails and if i have that bit sitting on a two-dimensional surface think of it that way if it's heads up it's a one if it's tails up it's a zero right and so on that plane it can only be one of those two things so now take that same coin and think of a qubit as a block sphere right think of it as a, as a particle you popped off and it's a it's a sphere so if it's pointing directly up it's a one if it's pointing directly down it's a zero depending on you know how they've designed the system or whatever and so what that, does that mean that means we take the same coin we flip it in the air and when we're flipping it in the air like that is it a one or a zero when you see it spinning and the answer is you don't know it's in a superposition of a probability of one or zero and until we stop it and measure it we don't know what it is welcome to the lone star play podcast i'm your host patrick scott armstrong join me and a famous guest every monday wednesday and friday we discuss their career life food texas and everything in between let's get started Welcome to another great episode of the Lone Star Play podcast. You may have noticed, bam, simplified the studio, actually switched it all up, painted a whole wall, put this behind me, brought in the desk, just cleaned it up, made it simple, Texas flag, bam, I love it, hope you love it. All right, so uh, excited to introduce this episode. I'm going to keep it short uh, because it's a long, kind of a long episode, sort of. Uh, hour and 20 minutes or so. Anyway, uh, my guest today is Worley. All right. So, you know, like Prince or Madonna, that's what he goes by, Worley. So he is a tech investor um, and very popular for Strange Works and Chaotic Moon Studios, amongst other things. Okay. Works with physicists, super smart. You know, the guy's a genius. Um, you know, this is like what it was talking to Matt Mullenweg, right? From WordPress. Whew. We, we had some, you know, very interesting conversation. Um, I love this podcast. I, I could have done this. I, I could do this podcast every week, uh, to be honest with you. I hope to have him on again and we can talk more about stuff, you know, or have him on as a regular because this was so much fun um, to just sort of discuss these things, these big questions, right? So we talked about um, quantum computing. He broke that down. He's got a book called Quantum Computing uh, for Babies. So you check that out and it's super awesome. So um, he also talked about... Uh, you know, interplanetary species, right? Should we go to Mars? Should we terraform it? Should we use that re those resources here on Earth instead? So we got into that discussion. We got into the discussion, are we in a simulation, right? Is this real? You know, seems real to me. Uh, we also talked about time travel. Bam, back to the future. Marty McFly, we got down into it. Um, it was great. Uh, and that was a really uh, fun part of uh, the conversation. We also talked about, you know, AI, uh, the morality of AI and what that means, right, moving forward. Um, you know, we broke down Elon Musk and SpaceX and, again, all just sorts of just crazy, uh, you know, conversation. We also talked about flat earth and conspiracy theories such as those um, and what that means, Um and how it impacts us and disinformation and, you know, th those sort of things. Again, fascinating conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, before we get to it, guys, make sure to check us out on social media. Go to Texas Real Food. Follow us there and keep track. We're going to be having our own social media accounts very soon. Uh, keep 
keep hold. I'll let you guys know when, when that's going to happen. Uh, but for now, keep going to Texas Real Food and find us there. You can also go to YouTube, Texas Real Food, find the, the Lone Star Play podcast there. Again, we're presented by Texas Real Food, so that, that's where all our social media is. And, you know, subscribe, follow, go go to, you know, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, excuse me, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, right? Spotify, all those things for the podcast. You subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. That'd be awesome. And, uh, you know, for any and all questions and, and nothing will ever change about this, our website, thelonestarplate.com. So no matter what, what happens, you can always go there and find out everything that's, that's happening. We've got all kinds of great episodes, uh, coming out and, uh, you know, just very excited about this one. So, you know, anyway, enough for me talking, let's get to it. Go to boom okay enough of me talking enjoy the new studio uh not for this conversation because i did it a couple weeks ago so the studio still has the old look but anyway boom here's the conversation whirly quantum computing Excited to talk to you, man. To be honest with you, I've been reading about you. So many interesting things about you and so many interesting things you've done. Way beyond my mental capacity. And I love things like that. I love things I can't understand. I don't know what the hell it is, but tell me more, right? Like, I like things like that. Um, so, you know, you've been involved in a lot of, you know, just technology stuff. And, right, qu I hear quantum and I, and I lose it. I just like, what is quantum? What does that mean? Yeah. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm going to start to hear quantum and I'm going to lose it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah. So what, how, tell me the format. What do, what do we want to do? We just talk. We just talk like a, you know, like a uh, Joe Rogan podcast, for instance. I don't know if you've heard that podcast before. Yeah. Right. Just a, just a conversation as if we were having a meal. I know we're not technically having a meal. I, we we have to redo it. My only my only thing is we have to redo it at some point where we can have a meal. A hundred percent. Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, which is what we did pre pre COVID. We would meet in person, do the podcast, and I would order in food. We'd eat. It was. I, I feel I feel so bad because COVID hasn't really affected us at all, and it's been uh, it, it's worked out great for us. And it, I feel this weird like guilt of like friends who are like. I'm laying off 50% and my business is out and nobody can get any work done. And it's like, you know, wow, I feel bad for them. Oh, damn. Well, that's great for you, though. Um, I, look, I've talked to other people the same thing. They, they feel that same guilt you're feeling of. Yeah, because it's like if things are going good and everything's falling shit around you, you kind of, I mean, unless you're just a horrible person, you kind of are like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you know. Yeah. No, better. Actually, that's better, right? It's better that people are doing good because then if all of us were in the shit, it would be really bad. So I'm, I'm happy when I hear people are, are doing good or is it because your business was already sort of like remote and no, I mean, the, 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 the joke is, uh, you know, we had, you know, 10 guys on their headphones, jamming out to music, writing code, you know, on the cloud and chatting in Slack in the office and then COVID hit. And now we have 10 guys, the headphones on, jam out the music, writing the code on the cloud in Slack from home. So, <laughs> and we have our CTO lives in Wimberley, and one of my main physicists lives in uh, San Antonio. 
So we just return like an hour or two or three or four to their day of not driving to the office. So, you know, productivity went the opposite way. It went up, <laughs> which is, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> You're like, guys, we're going to have a pandemic every year. Okay. This is how we're going to improve. No, we definitely. We definitely don't want a pandemic every year. Of course. Because while that's happening, my home life and everything else is completely screwed by COVID. That, that, oh, that's, see, that's interesting. So no matter, even if, you know, the guilt, right? You were feeling my business going good. There is still some aspect of your life that's affected by COVID then. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. How how could there not be? That's true. How could there not be? Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, it has been such a crazy, you know, especially at the beginning, right? You just didn't know how long this was going to last. So you just said, well, this will probably be a couple of months. Who knows? Then the information starts to come out. Like, okay, this is... Well, yeah, they just extended the stay at home in Austin, right, to, to December 15th. And you're just like, whoa, that's crazy. Totally crazy. And I remember a couple days before they canceled South by telling, you know, everyone I work with, the team behind the podcast, right? Because they, they are actually in England, actually. So everybody was flying over for South by, you know. And um, I remember telling them, they're not going to cancel South by, guys. Like, I've been here, you know, X amount of t years. I'm from Texas. I said, they've never canceled South. There's just no way. It was heartbreaking. It was going to be the launch of our product, right? So we started the company in 2018. Fast forward, released a beta at South by in 2019. Fast forward, we were going to release the product at South by 2020. So the only, so, so what that meant is when we lost South by as a venue, which is like, that's our place, right? We launched Chaotic Moon there. We launched Anastala there. Like that's kind of my, my, my little shtick, right? <laughs> and, and when we lost South by for launch the product, well, then what do we have to look at? Other conferences. Oh, well, guess what? They're all canceled. So now what are you looking at? Virtual events. So now you're like, okay, well, we'll probably need to do it around a quantum event. And so it's like the quantum events are happening every month, right? So now here it is. September and hopefully I think we've all decided that if a few more things come together we'll launch it in an event that's coming up uh, around the 16th and or maybe we'll hold it again right but that but it just threw it off because we had this great South by rhythm we I mean I love you Forest. I love everyone at South by I love everything they do I like you have been going forever and you know my immediate worry was you know, a worry about the economy locally, the effect that's going to have on Austin's economy. We have a lot of bars and restaurants. Some of them, they, they make a good deal of their cash to take them through the droughts during things like South By, yeah. especially at South By. And so I was worried about that and all. And then, you know, I wasn't really worried about the product launch because we're, we're a very different startup. We're not like trying to go to 100 people or have an office where you're like, oh my God, did you see the digital display? They feel like we don't care about, we're just sitting writing code. So I wasn't really worried about the product launch. It was a little disappointing. Uh, but then I found out what a pain it was going to be to find the right venue to try to make an announcement. And, and that was like, wow, you don't realize the infrastructure of something like South by the connectivity, all the reporters in town, you know this, how many interviews were you probably going to do during South by with people from around the world? Yeah. And now you don't have them. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay, I can still try to do this. But then, you know, like you said, you're, you got a team in England, now the, you know, the people aren't here, so now you're doing it on schedule. I mean, I did a virtual event yesterday for the IEEE, and I mean, I did multiple yesterday, but the one for the IEEE had myself, a speaker from Singapore, and a speaker from Israel. So that thing happened at 3 o'clock our time. It's like 4 a.m. or something in Singapore, right? It's like almost midnight when we finished in, in, in Israel, and it's like, 
So good news, you can get people to easier accept this format and do stuff. Bad news, you know, you're like, oh, it goes global. And it's like, right. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, I mean, like the one poor guy looks like he was going to pass out. You know, he just like, it's 4 a.m. And they're asking him technical quantum questions. They're like, so quantum, tell us about the whatever. He's just like, oh my God. <laughs> and he did great. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, Joe Fitzsimmons, he is a, 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 you know, whatever, co-opetition, whatever you want to call it, company in Singapore. Super, super nice guy. But I mean, I could just look and be like, holy shit, it's like the middle of the night for this poor guy to do this 30-minute thing where people are barraging you with these questions that, you know, you need to be all there to answer you. And he handled it brilliantly. But, you know, that's the kind of thing you're seeing Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, completely agree with that. You're right. Just, uh, you know, just a wrench in the wheel, the biggest wrench in the biggest wheel. That's what happened. For us, I mean, you think about it, it, it wasn't a big change. So in quantum, you're talking about a hundred people worldwide is the number I think we've all agreed to say. Cause, uh, cause I used to say, I used to be like, Ooh, that sounds so small. I'm going to say it's a couple hundred people. Uh, but when we were on the event yesterday, you know, kind of the three quantum founders that were on this, 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 uh, interview, they, we were all like, it's probably about 100 people that actually can even remotely touch this stuff worldwide that have any value. And that's what I'm trying to change as a company. But because of that, the company started by running, comp, you know, like the first week, we had video conferences in South Africa, uh, in Australia, in, you know, France, Germany, Japan, China, whatever. And so the, that change and taking advantage of that opportunity of like now people accept this format, maybe you start doing things on a more global scale, we were kind of already in the zone on that, right? Like we're talking to Delft and we're talking to CERN and we're talking to this and that. And so it didn't, it didn't super, super change for us, which has been the weirdest thing. I think this is the weirdest startup situation I've ever been in, not because of COVID, but because of the, you know, you talk to investors, people want updates. They're like, what's happening? You're like, I don't know. It's great. Like everything's fine. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, like, my kids weren't in school for two weeks. I'm pretty sure my wife's going to murder me. But outside of that, like, work is great. <laughs> you know? As long as my wife doesn't kill me, your investment's going to pay off really well. <laughs> <laughs> you should be calling my wife and talk, you know, make call. Yeah, you should be asking her, like, yeah. do you plan on murdering him because he's working 15 hours in the office straight and you're stuck at home with a two and three year old. Well, no, sorry, three and four year old now. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's a whole. My three year old. The other day just said, shit. <laughs> I just try to not say anything. My has been saying. Could, uh, could be my fault. Could be her fault. I don't know. Maybe it's a nanny. Who knows? But we're just going to. Yeah. I've decided that I have a new opinion on, on cursing in children. So, so I think the thing is, is we overreact to kids saying curse words. And what we should do is we should be focused on teaching them. It's just a word but sometimes it's not appropriate. Like there's an appropriate place for, for words. And, uh, and, and I, I, because it's like, you know, they're going to learn all the curse words. It's how you and I curse so much, right? Like, I mean, like, you know, no parent has ever been successful. in like, well, they're not going to hear any of that profanity, right? Like, it's just not the way they work. I love it, man. That's hilarious. Well, look, I do want to, um, and again, look, you're going to have to forgive me for if my some of my questions sound ignorant. OK, they're just coming from a place of curiosity. OK, and I'm trying to help my listeners. I'm assuming all my listeners are somewhat like me in the sense that we don't know some of this stuff that we, you know, people come on. For. So let's break down just quick. What does quantum 
right the, the, just somebody that has no idea right what what does quantum mean and how do you work with it so so i'm going to slip out a frame and get a prop i like it because you know we got we, we think i'm all visual so this is great all right so yeah i got all my props sorry i forgot we we're gonna actually have to talk about work stuff i thought it was just gonna be fun you know too it is too talking about food i thought we were gonna be person at a lunch and this is completely not any of my expectations. <laughs> all right so let's take this point right so 1927 fifth solvoy conference einstein and schrodinger and all the famous physicists that you hear about that have been popularized they get together and the whole quantum mechanics thing comes into play right super very condensed version um years and years and years later 55 years roughly uh richard Feynman and, and, and the team decide that you could use a particle as a bit in a computer, okay? Theoretically. All right, fast forward, it's like 2006, 2007, you, you get your first couple of machines in that kind of range, and there, you know, MIT did one, uh, you know, before that there was one, but it's just real, you know, it's not going anywhere. And then the reason I got excited, and the reason I think your listeners and everybody should be excited is 2017, you go from 17 qubits to, to 2050, up, you know, 72 and into the 100 range. So there's this obvious like long time and then kind of an inflection point. So what does that mean? What, you know, what is a quantum computer? Well, it's simple. You know, our iPhones, the laptops we're talking on right now, recording the show with, they all use this bit system, which means I have a heads and I have a tails. And if I have that bit sitting on a two dimensional surface, think of it that way. If it's heads up, it's a one. If it's tails up, it's a zero, right? And so on that plane, it can only be one of those two things. So now, Take that same coin and think of a qubit as a block sphere, right? Think of it as a, as a particle you've popped off and it's a, it's a sphere. So if it's pointing directly up, it's a one. If it's pointing directly down, it's a zero, depending on, you know, how they've designed the system or whatever. And so what that, does that mean? That means we take that same coin, we flip it in the air. And when we're flipping it in the air like that, is it a one or a zero when you see it spinning? And the answer is, you don't know, it's in a superposition of a probability of one or zero and until we stop it and measure it we don't know what it is right and so when you when you think about it that way you can take it this kind of very complicated subject and make it a little bit more understanding because you're like okay that means that you know a, Q, a, a bit has you know so many states you know you have a four-bit system and here's how many outcomes you can have and it can be in one of those positions at one time but with a qubit you can have you know every time we add a bit we get two to the end the number of, of bits, and it can be in multiple states or all of the states at the same time. And so then we measure it, those, that state collapses, and you get an answer that ends up being a one or zero. But how you got to that answer means you can go over potentially mass amounts of data faster and very complicated calculations, and they're not going to be good for everything. Quantum computers are not here to replace classical computers. The way I like to think about it is this. Okay. It used to take a week used to take a week, used to take six weeks, several months maybe, to cross from New York to San Francisco, okay? 100%, or for your viewers, New York to San Francisco. <laughs> and, when, and, when they, and, when, and, and when you look at that, most of your party died, maybe you had to eat somebody along the way, it was weird, right? And then the train came along, and it took a week to do that trip. But no matter how far you go, eventually you reach an ocean, right? And so what comes into play? Air travel. So air travel didn't replace train travel. It augmented it for doing a thing that was far more complex, right? 
flight is way more complex than you know there's wheels on rails sure. uh, but but it served the same purpose which is it got us to a point and and the point we want to get to is there's a whole class of problems environmental problems health related problems drug discovery you know everything material sciences to go to mars you know elon wants to go to mars it's like well you know there's gonna be a lot of stuff we got to build to get there right and this is why you know space programs and deep tech so important to the world right we don't think about the apollo missions and then oh all the stuff that we got from that right that we use today but but when you think about those problems they're problems in where the evaluation time goes you know you add a few variable the evaluation time soars so a classic example is traveling salesperson people like to use, right? It's, I don't think the best example, but for the purpose of the listeners and us, people who aren't quantum physicists, we will get it, right? And that's that we want to go to 14 cities, you and I in Texas. We use my laptop and we calculate all the variables, the possible routes, it takes about 1600 seconds. Now we want to go to 22 cities, a difference of only eight, but that same laptop would take 2000 years. And if we went to 28 cities, it would take longer than the time of the known universe. So it's not that computers can't solve some of these problems, it's that it would take tens, dozens, hundreds, thousands, millions of years for you to get to an answer, and, and, and that answer may not be right. So think of quantum computing being faster, not like making this video play on the internet smoother, or you know playing your video game faster, but think of it for that one very specific case, which is there's only certain problems that would be good for, but those problems happen to be things that will completely change the human condition and humanity in general, right? So they're, yes. they're very important. Yes, yes. Does that help? A little bit long-winded, but hopefully that's Then the short version is go buy quantum computing for babies yeah. and you can read it. And it starts off with, this is a ball. It can be red or blue. So if, if you got that, this book can give you the basics and, and help you understand it. I'm so glad you made that book. Look, at that's exactly, I need every subject laid out like that. You know, like, it just. It, well, uh, the, my co-author on Chris Ferries has a whole series about all kinds of subjects. It, it's amazing. Uh, it started as a joke. I was like, hey, man, we should do quantum computing for babies, right? And uh, I feel so lucky to have done it because now it's like, one of the best selling books in quantum and everywhere we go, like we literally go meet customers or go to conferences or even virtually yesterday on the event. People are like, Oh, you know, I really like that book. And, and it's funny now because investors that are interested in it have been buying that book, not because of us or anything. And so often we'll be meeting with investors and like, you know, I have the book and you're just like, Oh, you know, we can send you a free copy if you give us money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, that's what I would be saying. Yeah, exactly. Y'all could have a book just like this, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> I love. You, no, that's phenomenal. Wanted to say to the greatest venture capitalist on earth because I have a sharpie. <laughs> do you have a, Do you have a check? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. That's awesome. No, it's a great explanation. It's a great way to, um, you know, to explain it. And and look, I've I I'm into technology science the universe the big questions i watch all kinds of you know po all the podcasts i listen to the, sh the shows i watch that i get you know deep dive and rabbit holes about stuff I listen, it's so fascinating to me but i also understand my limits of what i can understand i mean i haven't studied this stuff so i just you know but i love hearing it. that's a great explanation of you know what that means and uh you know how, how it is going to change our world and moving forward but i hadn't heard the part about like that it won't change our day-to-day -day, like my laptop or my phone i hadn't heard that yet so i didn't know well, you're going to be a consumer of quantum you know that's a that's a that's a great point to make why should i care as an individual 
Well, you take something like Grover's search algorithm, and you think that the way a traditional computer is, it goes kind of line by line, you do all that data, you get the answer. That's why we need to be so fast. Well, a quantum computer would only need the square root of the number of entries to get the same result. So while you won't have a quantum computer, most likely, at least not for a long time, you might have better Google search results and better things that, that will be because yeah. of quantum computers on a back end that you'll never see, right? Um, so, you know, it'll definitely be something people will be taking advantage of. They'll just be consuming it in a different way. They're not going to be writing algorithms. They're going to be rece receiving faster, more accurate search results based on algorithms somebody else wrote that a quantum machine went through and, and categorized the info or, or things like that. You know, your drugs would be safer because yeah. the drug discovery, you'll be able to map and model molecules better so you can find out, oh, here's actually your DNA and very specific, you know, new, you know, drugs that you, you can use. What do you think about, um, so, so you mentioned Elon Musk uh, earlier and like going to Mars and, uh, you know, it, obviously Elon Musk is like, just a very special person in my mind of just like, I just can't believe all the things that this guy does. And, you know, I'm blown away by it. D does he use a lot of quantum computing like Tesla? Does no, he does do anything with it as far as, you know, I'd, I'd love to do something with him. I mean, I, I, like, it, Elon's awesome. And he's always been nice to me. We've met a few times, you know, nice guy, no matter what you've seen or read or whatever. But, you know, just a quick thing. I have kind of some entrepreneurial rules. and I'm, I'm not trying to, trying to cast any shadow, but SpaceX, 6,000 plus employees, they make that shit work. Like, you know, we often forget there's a bunch of, it's kind of like that old saying behind every good man is a good woman or whatever. It's like, well, behind every successful entrepreneur is a team of dozens or hundreds or thousands in that case of people that are making those things happen. And for sure, I'm, I'm a big advocate of like, that's what's important to me as the team. Like I could do nothing without the people who work here at Strangerks, literally like the zip. I mean, probably tie my shoes, definitely can feed myself. Breathing's automatic. Outside of that, it's all up for grabs. <laughs> I mean, I, I completely agree. Obviously, nobody's doing anything by so I 100% agree. I'd say that about this podcast. I'd love, to, I'd love to see him get in the car, you know? It, but is that part, I guess my bigger question is like, is he, does he need to utilize quantum to get to Mars, right? Is that, is that essential? Could you get to Mars without quantum? You know, it depends on who you talk to. I'm going to say, possibly, could you get there safer and better if we had some of the material sciences that could be done using quantum computers, things like that? Probably. Yeah. You know, are we going to wait on that to, on quantum having to go to Mars? Obviously, it doesn't look like they can wait on anything. <laughs> so, and that's perfectly fine, by the way. Like, you know, yeah. kudos to them. But yeah, I mean, you know, space is dangerous, right? It's like, you know, it, you, there's new materials, there's new things, there's new, and let's say you get to Mars and you discover new things uh, to map and model those and simulate those and things, then you may need uh, quantum computing. So what, what do you think about the interplanetary sort of idea, right, that we need to, as a species, be on these multiple planets? I mean... Okay. I, I, I go back and forth, and I was in Oslo, Norway, I guess, in last year, 2019, uh, with a, a lady who's going to be one of the first astronauts from South Africa. Wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, but we had a little debate, because I'm like, look, if it's going to cost 20 30 $50 billion to get to Mars, I think we should take that money and invest it in the planet we fucked up already, frankly, right? 
Like imagine in all the environmental projects, all of the social projects, imagine if you took that much money and you put it to there, right? And that's a super Austin hippie thing to say, right? But, but my point was this, is, you know, I made a joke that I think, you know, this, that it is highly probable that everybody on a first flight, flight dies in the cold vacuum of space, right? Like it's extremely dangerous journey. Um, you know, and she made an argument that was very well put, very articulate, you know, love or death, it was about what we, the discoveries we'll get out of that, kind of that Apollo example I gave, 100% no argument against that. But, but if we start spreading across the universe in the way that you just described, I have to stop at a question, are we a virus? Because what a virus does is it goes into a host like Earth, it uses up all the resources, and then it moves on to a new one. Yeah. And so if we're not going to take care of the planet we have, we're not going to fix it, are we a virus? It's totally cool. Maybe we are. Maybe we are the best virus, right? The most accomplished one. But that's kind of where my head goes is like, hell yeah, I would fly to space tomorrow. Like literally Elon could strap me inside of a SpaceX rocket tomorrow. I want to go to space. I just want to go to orbit, yeah. right? Just I 100% want that experience in my lifetime and I hope I get it. Um, but, you know, when you talk about, you know, this colonization of, of, of the solar system, yeah. you know, you, you have to stop and ask yourself like, we haven't done a really good job of managing this planet. So I'm kind of wondering what we, we need at least some, some thought into like, how do we not do to Mars what we've done there? That would be awesome. Because there'll be some resource found there. There'll be some discovery. It'll be a jumping off point to other things. You know, that's kind of where my, my head goes. And, and by the way, I don't like that my head goes there because I love space. I wanted to be an astronaut. I love space. I go to space, sign me up. You know, hell, I might even take that first trip to Mars. I mean, I, I'm fascinated by all things, you know, explorations in space. I just, we have not done a great job of managing the resources we've been given here where we live now. And I think, man, if you could just do a one-for-one grade or something, for every dollar we spend on going to Mars, just spend a dollar in the oceans or freaking that we you know, terraforming our soil here to get it more nutrient dense for food or something. And I, you know, I'm no environmental expert, but I can think of a, a million things that, you know, you know, it doesn't take more than a quick, just go to any news page. There's always a story about the weather patterns changing, or this or the something. It's clear, even if you're a climate denier at this point, that like we've done some pretty irreparable damage to the planet. Ah, uh, there's no, there's no question. I completely agree. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll make two points here. Um, that that I that I think uh, you know I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about this and he sort of made your point basically of like why why are we going to go to Mars if if we could spend that money on fixing our own planet right he said well if we have the technology to go to Mars and terraform it why wouldn't we just terraform our own planet right again and just and we'd be fine or whatever uh, and the sec my second point is kind of contradictory to that um, which is also a point I've heard Neil deGrasse Tyson make, which is sort of this cave theory uh, sort of thing of, of back in the day when humans were, you know, first whatever on the planet. Right. Which is the well, don't go outside the cave. You, you know, you could get hurt. Right. Don't go. Don't go on the other side of that hill. That, well, yeah. You, Look, that's never that's never. I don't know. Yeah. That work. Does that apply? I, I don't know. I, I see. It's never, that. Stopped, it's never stopped any real explorer. Right. And I think that's the point is you have people are different. And so you have people that are explorers and they're like, we got to get to Mars. And you have people that are environmentalists and they're like, can we fix this first? And you have people in between. It, 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 look, it's a point of contingency, right? There's no problem with that. Um, you know, I just think it'd be nice to, 
I think you know, and if we go to Mars, maybe we find stuff, you know, building to go on that journey that helps fix some of the stuff on Earth, right? That was kind of the argument in, in Norway. And that's perfectly fine argument. I just, I, I'd like to see it maybe written down in a plan somewhere or some kind of like actual collaboration of, hey, we're going to make all these discoveries and building all the stuff we need to get to Mars. And here's how we're going to share with people to improve things on Earth or whatever, like, you know, a little bit more of a formalized process. Because I also worry about, you know, yeah, NASA's participating, sort of, but, you know, the private flight sector, whether it's Elon, Bezos, or, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, Richard, you know, Branson, who's obviously the cooler, hipper of all of those choices. Although Jeff Bezos is jacked now. I don't know if you've seen the picture. seen him. He is jacked. It doesn't, it looks yeah, it's like, whoa, what happened? But he's super <laughs> jacked, okay, super jacked. And, uh, and, and Elon's super cool, and I watched the Neuralink thing the other day, or whatever, it's like Richard Branson's clearly, clearly the coolest of billionaires going to space, without a doubt, right? He's like, here's a naked model on my back. Look, I just partied with all these rock stars. You know, here's that time Prince and I pontificated about the universe or whatever. He's like, yeah, that guy right there. Like, if you, if you have to pick, some one of those to be like i wouldn't mind being that guy it's like that all sounds great he basically just seems to run around the world trying to solve problems and has somehow he has a party and in that party the problem is being solved and then there's a party to celebrate that being solved like i don't know he's, he's super super hard. awesome i saw that uh neural link thing with the pig and everything i thought it was um fascinating to be honest with you i i talk about it on the joe rogan podcast actually a couple years ago i think and read an articles about i guess he's been developing it for years but but that um that demonstration was was definitely interesting uh for sure what what yeah i'm curious what do you think about that where do you see that going i mean look i think the press has a tendency to take things elon and others are working on and build these crazy futuristic visions like you're not downloading karate into your head. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, you're not downloading karate into your head sometime next year. I, so, so I think you know it's the expectations are 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 not unrealistic. Someday all of that could happen. They're just oh. paraplegics, people who don't have, uh, who have Parkinson's. They, there's a million things that it's like. Why can't we just celebrate? Like, wow, Elon Musk could help improve people's lives that have a very very, you know, deprecated, uh, almost gone uh, life, whether it be moving limbs or doing stuff. I think, hey, 100% credit, full applause for that. Um, and, I, and by the way, startups market themselves that way, right? If the press wants to say you can download karate, they can hey, who would argue? That's going to get a million more clicks, right? Yeah. Um, but, I, but I like to keep, like, what we're doing here at Strangeworks is a deep tech effort, but we, I like to keep it, like, realistic about, like, Mm, this isn't gonna happen anytime soon, and these aren't really computers now. They're more like lab equipment for exploring the quantum landscape, and you know all of these you know kind of things. And I wish the press were just a little bit more on the neural. It's fine to talk about the Jules Verne future of what it could be. I, I love that stuff. I'm the biggest sci-fi nerd on the planet. But I I think there's a responsibility of, of media to be like, you know. But let's talk about the cool impact you could do now. Like, okay, it's pigs now, it's picking up signals. But if you can pick up signals and map to signals that weren't there, or remap things or whatever, man, you can improve a lot of people's lives. You just don't have a great quality of life. And I think that right there is 
exciting enough. Like we don't, you know, we can talk about downloading karate after that's been out for five years. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, I think that right there is amazing enough. That's an incredible world changing uh, uh, technology. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think downloading karate, right? Like this, this, this matrix thing, right? I actually don't see the benefit of that. I, I, you know, you, you skills are, Hey, skills have you, value because you work to get them. The benefit is you know karate. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but I don't know. Flip of a switch, I find that, I find it like cheating. Like I, I would want to actually, if I'm going to know karate, I want to learn it, right? I would be upset. Look, I, would, I, would, I, would totally, I would totally download as much cool information in my brain as I could. I'm just like 100%. I'm not even a singularity fan or fan, but and I would still, yeah, sign me up. Can I can I can I download the uh, like like for example, it's not karate you want. It's like relationship. It's like you want to download God and be like, I'm no longer argue with my wife because I'm now an encyclopedia of <laughs> don't say dumb shit to your wife, right? That would be amazing. That's what that's the reality is people are gonna envision the karate, they're gonna download the like how to apologize to your wife. <laughs> How to put up with your dumb husband or whatever the case may be. be honest, I still don't think there's enough computing power for that. Be able to solve those interpersonal relationships. It's going to take a really, really powerful computer. When I saw the chip that they put in your brain, I was like, what? Hell no, I'm not signing up. I mean, that looks crazy to me. It looks like a... Not a chip that should freak you out. It's the sewing machine going, chip, 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 put the little wires in your brain, which I thought was fascinating. I mean, it is fascinating, but that's scary, man. That's scary to see, but it's also like... You know, you know, you see those old videos, obviously, right from the, I don't even know when computers were invented, but 20s, 30s, 40s, somewhere around there, right? And there's there, these big rooms and lights everywhere and flipping switches, right? There's these massive rooms. It's a computer and then the same computing power as I probably in the palm of a hand at this point. You're, so so computers, depending if you go back to like the, the, the mechanical Turk or whatever, abacus or how far you went back, what you're talking about the ENIAC machine, right? It's a whole room of machines, you're right. Now there's more power in your iPhone than they used to get to the moon, you know, and, and we've said that now, by the way, for 10 years, which means it's way more, we need like a new example. We don't even have an example to contextualize it. Like it's more powerful than every computer on earth in the seventies or whatever, you know, we need a new example. That's, yeah. that's, that's interesting. Well, maybe the chip will be the same where I'm assuming, right? Of course, that's, that's, that's Mark one, right? Or whatever. So it's got to get smaller and smaller and smaller. So, but I worry about that. I worry about putting stuff in our body. That will be a new. Look, I've been part of the biohacking team for a long time. Do I biohack myself? No. Um, but, 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 or I should say not yet, but I've been looking at my choices when I started strange words. I was trying to figure out what my next started. We're biohacking and quantum, right? Uh, those were two of the choices and, and where I ended up at. And originally I had a different plan for strange works and I was like, maybe I'm going to do another agency category like thing in a different area. Uh, but then I just was like, look, it's my third one as a, as a founder. Um, I, I think it's my last one. We've got the Eclipse Capital Fund up and running now, funding all these Texas entrepreneurs right now. And, and I'm still working worldwide, but really focused on Texas and the economy here and, and all of that. And, you know, when I'm done with this, that's where I'm going to go. So I, I kind of want to say, I said, well, hang on, if I'm going to do this, it needs to be something very long-term and like that can really be big and really impactful and, and we can, you know, have a long runway with and, and some really difficult problems that are super challenging to think about. So uh, definitely got that, uh, maybe more than we wanted. I, I kind of thought they'd be a little more real with a lot of 
people invite, uh, but now it's getting there. I mean, you're going to see a 150 plus qubit machine with good noise control probably in 2021. You're probably going to see a couple hundred. I mean, noise is the issue, right? Adding a qubit isn't hard. Adding a qubit without it creating so much static, think of it for your users, that you can't get an answer out of the system, that's the problem. So uh, I think in the next 16, 24, 36 months, the noise control problem gets solved, or at least we find ways to do like error correction and stuff like that. When that happens, and those two things happen, then I think you see the quantum computing thing like super take off. So I may be waiting a year for that, or I may be waiting three years for that. I think three years probably on the more realistic side. Wow. God, that's is crazy. This is crazy. So this next century is just going to be insane for technology. I think so. I mean, I I, I mean, quantum computing. I, I I mean it. You know, the railroad and flight. Hey, you think back to the mainframe. We're going to have all the problems we've had with mainframe. So there's this one resource. We got to figure out how we. Now we have the internet, so getting to it makes it easier. But what about controlling who gets on it when, and job scheduling, and you know, returns on investment calculations and you know, any delays and getting answers between the classical infrastructure and the quantum, you know, there's all these problems that we, some of which we've seen to solve and some of which we haven't. But the thing that, you know, that your viewers, right, your listeners should be thinking about with quantum computing is, you know, I gave that traveling salesperson example. The thing I always like to come back to that with and kind of put a little different context on it is quantum computing isn't about problems that we have now. It's not about solving those. It's about solving problems we don't even know we have that we've never even dreamed of. And so, yeah, I see it as a demarcation point between kind of computing version 1.0 and computing version 2.0, which of which, where does that go? Nobody knows. But who, who has any idea? Yeah. Hopefully something wonderful. That's crazy. And it also has to bring up, I know we're sort of running short on time. I, I do have a few topics I still want to bring up, but just real quickly on this one, then we'll, we'll move to something else. But do you think that, or this is a better way to ask it, how, how much does morality play into these decisions that are made for technology and moving forward in quantum computing? Right. Well, that's the second book I'm going to pimp, not my book. <laughs> but I, I, in 2018, I had the pleasure of meeting a gentleman in Japan um, named uh, Tetsumo Matsumoto-san. And he was the chief strategy officer at SoftBank, really brilliant thinker, just loved the guy, and we became friends. And he told me of a new book that he was putting out, and he gave me the opportunity to review it and give a little quote for the back. But speaking of morality, his book is called The Day God Becomes, uh, AI Becomes God. Oh. And this book is all about the morality and the decisions we make. And, you know, chapter two is human gods and politics. Chapter three is everything that is human. And then there's a philosophy chapter and a path on how we build effectively. And I sent him a video the other day and I didn't realize he'd never seen Captain Marvel. And, you know, obviously he's not a Marvel comics guy. Um, <laughs> I was like, so it's like the Cree. And he was what? Well, the Cree had the supreme intelligence, which is the AI that just told them how to run the world. And I sent him that video because I was like, that's basically exactly what you're describing in the book. <laughs> uh, but, that, but that's a question, right? Like the morality, it plays into everything is the short answer. You said really quick, it plays into everything. You know, but the fact is, is that, you know, I, when I heard about his book in 2018, I was like, so uh, we get rid of politicians and everything's done by a machine that's like unbiased and all this stuff, if you could get there. I was like, yeah, interesting, not that interesting. 
then I see what's going on in the political arena and everything going on in the world today and all these crazy theories that people believe. Like the earth is flat and there's a secret guy in the government and you know, Hillary Clinton's a lizard person. By the way, there's pizza pedophile. And you, you just go on Reddit and you're just like, oh man, maybe we do need that AI to manage people quick. <laughs> like, like, maybe I'm changing my opinion on that. You know, because it's like, you know, it's, it's just, there's just so much disinformation and so many people that they just need something to calm on to. And sometimes it's a really good thing and they're going to go help make the planet a better place or they're going to participate in the political process regardless of what side they're on. And sometimes it's like, we have to get guns because a secret spirit told me that um, <laughs> the president is Jesus. And also, uh, you know, we have to fight an incoming dude, you know, and it spread these, these, this conspiracy stuff brings a question of morality into the role technology is playing in spreading absolute bullshit. Like, I love my mom, but my mom the other day said she's afraid if Trump doesn't win the election, he leaves the country. And, and so when I get people that say that, I say, and by the way, I would say the same thing to somebody if it was, if it was Obama and he said, if he doesn't get a third term, you know what I mean? And my question is, who do we lose it to? How do we lose it? Why do we lose it? How long does it take? I have so many questions about how there's going to be an election and all of a sudden everything is shit. It's like, things aren't really that great right now. And I, don't, I can't think of one election. You know, I think Ronald Reagan said it best. You know, in, in the 1984 debates, he said, it's not a question of left or right. It's a question of up or down. Do we want to raise everybody up as a country or do we want to fall into an abyss? And it's like, yeah, that's a little bit more where my head is on all this. But yeah, the morality, you know, sorry, we can go over. I, I, I have the time for you, but it's like, you, you ask a question, it's a hot for me right now because when I think of morality, I think of, you know, the internet wasn't intended for spam mail. Didn't have a lot of security, right? Because they thought nobody's going to do that. And, but that's what people did. And, and, and the internet also wasn't like, I'm going to be the largest conspiracy theory engine of complete bullshit on the face of the earth. <laughs> but you know what? You give people the ability to publish a blog. And now with like fiber, they get a graphic artist in India to call it, you know, the whirlynews.com or whatever. And people are like, well, I read on Whirly News that it's actually not lizard people. It's serpent people. And they listen to snake jets. Um, that's for all the Rick and Morty fans out there. <laughs> but I mean, you know, but that's the thing. It's like, yeah, morality plays it. You know, we sometimes, as, as creators and inventors and scientists, spend so much time worried about if we can do something, we never stop to think if we should. Yeah. You know, or the implications. I have a rule in all my startups, especially the ones like Honest and Always, was affecting people's lives and savings or, or strange works where. Who knows, you know, this could be the new nuclear arms race, right, to get a quantum computer. Um, and that is, I always like to look at unintended consequences. Unintended consequences are bad things that could happen. They're things that will for sure happen by a decision you make, right? You know what I mean? And, and so we try to keep that in mind and we try to really focus on how we're, what, what are we building, how can it be abused, things like that. And you can only do so much of that thinking. You have a job, you have stuff to do, but still it's thinking that needs to happen. I love you. I, that that's important to me and not being in that industry right you can tell your be like i remember specifically on this part saying short uh and then it wasn't really <laughs> <laughs> did not give a he, he's you know i'm a i'm a hard carrying member of aarp now right I'm, I'm a senior citizen so i don't have any fuck stuff to give man so i'm all out i checked the i, I checked the fuck bank it's zero <laughs> <laughs> 
look, people are used to this podcast. They're used to that. That's no problem. This is great. This is we want answers, right? No, no matter how they come, uh, we want answers. But again, my my thing is that that's that's actually makes me feel very good to hear that 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 the industry is thinking about those things. That it's important, like you said, right? I feel like that's from a line from Jurassic Park where they said, "We we we did we thought we didn't think about what we could do or right or." It's a, it's, a, it's a famous line from before, but yes, Jeff Goldblum also said something almost identical in Jurassic Park. Th this is where I, this is where my quotes come from, bro. Yeah, but you know, he said, they, they, movie. They, yeah, because they, 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 they spent so much time, he did that thing, he's got his own like William Shatner. Um, but it is, it is good to hear that, 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 you know, the why is being asked uh, in technology. Um, I, I think that's important for people that are creating things and doing th the why. If we, if I, don't, we I don't think everybody's asking. I think I think in general people are, are asking a lot more than they did two years ago. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, nothing's perfect, obviously. Uh, it, so uh, I understand that there's going to be people that that don't take that. And then you know we we don't have time to get into it. But the bigger question, even on top of that, is who decides the morality. Of, you know. I mean, that's, that's a question we are not going to answer in a million podcasts, right? I mean, this is this is insane. Because you, you find that you find that Silicon Valley is primarily white, and you look at some of the AI work that's done, and it's used that way. China's building an AI. Guess what? It has some really interesting opinions on law and and Hong Kong and <laughs> a lot of stuff. But that's what I mean, right? You you just yeah, oh okay. Who decides that morality? I mean, you know, I'm from Texas, right? You know, we live here in Texas, right? It's like the Bible Belt. So you're sort of used to having a lot of morality around you or pushed on you or what the idea of it is. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, th this is something I do want to ask you before we go. I know it's it's kind of off topic. Not really. This is in your realm. I feel like I guarantee you, you have had this conversation a million times with your friends. No doubt. Time travel. Yeah. <laughs> Is this is quantum? Does that, does that help it? Is that like oh yeah, okay? The only thing, um, you know, I, I love uh, I love the Avengers. Uh, I, I love I, I love the the um, the uh, the in game uh, when he was like Tony Stark tells uh, Ant Man he's like, are you are you telling me your whole plan is Back to the Future? Because that, that would be bullshit. Because <laughs> he's like, no, it's a yeah. Yeah, it's back to the future. Back to the future. But, but, but have you ever seen the show Fringe? Yes. Oh man, wow. I, I... If you remember the observers, you remember the guy said, "Look, here's a straw of water. It's coming in this side. It's pouring out that. That's how we think of time. It's like flowing." He said, "And this is how the observers view time. It's like everything in the beginning and the end is all at one moment. And depending on you know what meditations do and what you believe in." You know, some people believe that getting your chakras aligned and meditating stuff, you're able to get little tidbits from the future, right, to help guide your life. And so, you know, time travel, look, I time travel every day. I've literally traveled through almost an hour with you. <laughs> but, but, but I can only go forward. <laughs> um, you know, it's fascinating. I mean, you get into the mini worlds theory, you get into, you know, Maybe every time we make a decision, it's branching off, and maybe you time travel, you create other, you know, who knows? Um, it's a great topic of sci-fi. I think it's a really dangerous thing. Um, I'm trying to think of what was the, there was some show that I saw that, uh, it was like a Rick and Morty Futurama stuff that I can't remember, but it had a, like a, you could time travel for fun, maybe it was like, or something, you went to the agency, 
maybe it was Futurama, I think. You go to the agency and you're like, I'd like to go see, you know, the whatever movies or the whatever. And they're like, oh, they zap you back. Um, but, you know, there's so much theater and that's so fascinating. Um, and I, I just wonder, you know, I wonder about time travel all the time. Every time I say something dumb to my wife, I'm like, now's when, and you let that remote control that I'm saying, I'm maybe just like, we're just gonna rewind two minutes. And I'm gonna say, yes, ma'am, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> but do you think it's possible? Do you, do you? It's possible, I think it's possible potentially to go forward. I don't think it's possible to go backwards, but that's based on, I mean, that is beyond speculative. This is based on some of the things I've read and some of this different stuff. You know, I don't know that there's a there's a, a way to go backwards. I I'm kind of curious as if there's a way to go forward. Also, do I want to go forward? What about time travel? Then nothing. We got hit by a big meteor. There's nothing there. You know, the question is like Good point. I, I, the other question is returning. How do you return? Like I totally get that you might be able to go somewhere. But I, if you can't go backwards, you can only go forward, then you, it's a one-way ticket you bought. That's true. Even, even then, even if you could go anywhere, it, just, there, it seems like you could really not stick the landing on the return. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you, could probably, you, you could throw things into some pretty big chaos. <laughs> but no, time travel is super fascinating. I'm, I'm not an expert on it. I would love to do it. I would do, again, go into space time travel, do it in a heartbeat. Is it possible? I mean, from what I've read, from what I've ascertained, there's potential to go forward. I don't know that you can go backwards. And, you know, maybe that's even, you know, like a lot of physics and stuff and all due respect to my current physicist and everybody out there. There's a lot of science that is more, you know, it should be science fiction in the university sometimes because it's a little more fiction than it is actual science, right? I mean, but that's how we got to where we're at, right? Einstein and, and Schert, you know, Irving and Schrodinger and everybody, they, they, pontificate they, they postulate things and then we try to test them and see that's a whole wonderful process uh so you know maybe there's a group out there doing it with time travel or maybe everybody should go see tenant only in theaters that's why I bring you know, at, at tenet. And, uh, that's how they paid me my 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 uh i don't i didn't get paid by them i was gonna make up on a mountain it's like it can't be worth much to go see tenant coronavirus <laughs> that's how i got that bought another dr pepper right there <laughs> no um, <laughs> I'm actually upset about that. The reason, uh, the reason I bring that up is a good point. And I'm actually mad at my team. Uh, and I'm happy to let them know on your show. Because they went to see, they rented an Alamo draft house yesterday. And they went to do a little team bonding. They haven't seen each other in months. And they went to see um, Mad Max Fury Road. And I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I've got to focus on some stuff here. So the team goes, they come back. And they're like, man, I am so confused about that movie. And I was like, right. But it's like... Um, blowing up, explosion, explosion, music, crazy, lots of explosions. Like, what didn't you get? No, 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 we saw Tenet. Like, what? Oh, well, Mad Max didn't work in the projector. The guy said, uh, would you like to see Jurassic Park or, or Tenet? We can, we'll, we'll play either one for you. And so they picked Tenet. I was like, that's the one movie I actually want to see right now because of the weird time travel. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but because of the plot, which is so interesting from a time travel perspective that, that you're going to go to – you're going to battle somebody that's moving forward in time while you're moving backward in time, like catching the bullets and stuff. That stuff, that whole concept's fascinating. Uh, but they said it was super confusing, so they'll go see it with me again. <laughs> think they need to watch it a second time. It's uh, it's actually the reason I brought up the question was Tenant because I saw the movie, and yeah, they used time. You seen the movie already? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. 
fuck you too. Uh, I like <laughs> everybody's seen the movie but me. This is horrible. You really need to see it. Like this is your type of you're you'll ex, you'll understand. I, I'm super excited to see it. I'm totally I've already told my wife, I'm like, do you want to see this? Because if not, I'll go by myself to see yeah. this. I want to see the movie. It's great. Um you know, the ideas are there and yeah, it's a great movie. Uh but that's definitely why I brought it up. And I saw Bill and Ted's face the music, right? So you know, I just thought, well, let, let me ask somebody who could actually have a legit answer uh, about this, right? Than just myself. I mean, you know, there's the old interstellar time travel, right? Where depending on time and that's like a different form of time travel. I mean, like back to time travel. Yeah, we know so little about so many things. Who knows what's possible? I and mean, that's what's great. We live in the greatest time to be alive. When I started messing around with tech, I said cut the UPC codes out of cereal boxes and ship them off. And maybe eight to 12 weeks later, I get like the first piece of something. And now, you know, my 24 year old can go on Amazon and set up a whole web servers and websites on Wix or whatever the hell. And then he's, you know, ordered a computer and all the office supplies and everything. And oh, by the way, the delivery time so in two hours, it's like, poof, company. You know, and it's like, what an incredible time to be alive here, not just from that perspective, but because we are probably going to go to Mars in, in, in before you and I die. We are going to make all these discoveries in quantum. We're going to do this stuff. It's just an incredible time to be alive. I see everybody so upset about elections and this and that, and those are all important. They're all problems. But we don't often, you know, look at all of the amazing things that are going on all around us every day. SpaceX, in 15 minutes, sent, what, 60 small satellites to space in a rocket and deployed them in 15 minutes. And then it came back and landed on a boat uh, in the waves. Yeah, it's nuts. Why are people not more excited about that? <laughs> I'm blown away by that. I think people don't know to be excited, right? They just think, oh, well, I thought we, I thought they've already been able to do that, right? So to them, maybe, I, I'm guessing, right? Like, oh, what, are they, what is that? I don't know, you know. Possibly, quite possibly. I don't know, but I'm with you. I saw that video and it's absolutely fascinating. And, uh, you know, I can't wait for all of that to, you know, move forward. Um, you know, the last thing we'll, we'll kind of end on, we'll, we'll do this a little quickly. Um, but I had, um, I spoke with Matt Mullenweg. I'm not sure if you know who he is. I love him. Yes, I do. Yeah. I know Matt very well. He's oh, really? Okay, great. Yeah, we, we had an awesome Autom conversation. You know, Autom Automatic's been one of my favorite companies to, to tell people about and model it after because, you know, he went with the whole, like, yeah, people live wherever and they just work. And, I mean, he's been the remote king for, I mean, God, it's got to be more than 20 years now. It's got to be, like, a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, one of the nicest human beings you ever meet. He's absolutely fantastic. Super nice. Yeah, I had a, I, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Like you said, he was so, so nice. He gave me tips on camera stuff. We started talking about camera. And, he, and he's also, he learns about everything he does. He's like just super, you know, he, he's just, he's Art. incredible, incredible dude. I, um, but, you know, the reason I bring it up is that, you know, we had a, a short, well, we talked about it, but open source and, and sort of what that means and why support it, you know, and I, I've, I've noticed reading through your stuff and that's something you um, yeah. are into. So why, you know, just tell us a little bit, you know, why well, for that. Because there's the ability, like the same reason we're building strange works we're building out quantumcomputing.com as this kind of free sharing platform it uses a lot of open source and people open source stuff on it the reason open source is valuable not only the way matt does it but the way we're doing and there's so many different variations of 
of all of it, of your philosophy and your licensing. And even in open source, people don't get along, right? Like, you know, Stallman thinks that, you know, she only use the GNU license and there's the MIT license and there's, you know, there's all these different things. But the reason it's important is because if you want to advance something further, uh, more eyes does help. Now, there's an illusion in open source that I open source code and all of a sudden a million developers are working on it. And even when you look at WordPress, when you look at uh, Ethan Gallstadt at Nagios, even in the early days of Apache or something like CVS, you know, these are, these are projects where there's still a handful of people making all the real changes, but they're still informing the process. And then you have projects where there are 100,000 people donating to it. And these things accelerate uh, the adoption of the technology, they accelerate the advancement because open source, and there's a million arguments for it. The argument I've used for like the last 10 years or so is that I finally came to is, yeah, yeah, you can argue about licenses or the benefit or all of these security, all of these things. The real benefit is unlikely discovery. That somebody else playing with my code will add a feature or do a thing that I would have never thought of that's super valuable to the users that now unlocks a whole other thing that brings another person. That whole unlikely discovery thing is, is where I think the un told amounts of benefit are, are there. Um, you know, and obviously code sharing is, is super important, especially something like quantum. There are companies patenting algorithms that think they're gonna sell these algorithms in App Store. I think they're gonna end up all going out of business because they're gonna come out of universities or places that are open source so that everybody can share them and modify them and make their own. Because I mean, are you really gonna license Goldman Sachs, the same financial algorithm you license to JP Morgan that you license to Chase, you know, or whoever, they, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think a lot of that is going to be open and those cool discoveries are gonna happen in, only in the open. Um, so I think it's vitally important to the future of everything we're doing given software has, has literally eaten the world. 100%, yeah. Wow, that's great to hear. Um, yeah, you know, speaking from, right, the, the majority of, of society has no idea about that and what that means, but the impact on their lives, on my life, uh, is enormous. So it's great to hear that that's the idea. I think of it like a chef who, chefs who wouldn't want to share recipes and tricks and techniques, right? Like food would go nowhere. Food would get literally would, would just. I mean, the, the more, when you lower the barriers to entry, when you make it more accessible, even in some cases, when you democratize processes, which open source does very well, yeah, thing, things advance for it. And by the way, everybody worries in, you know, used to worry in software, well, we've got a piece of a pie. It's like, the open source makes a much, much bigger pie. You know what I mean? Like uh, kind of a rising tide floats all boats. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. I can't think of one situation where open source isn't valuable. That's I mean, it, it would be very, very few. Yeah. If love that. I love that. I, I, I just, I absolutely love that. I think that's great. Um, it gives me hope. Uh, for the future, right? Uh, technology. I, I don't want it taken over because I, I know nothing about technology. So I guess we get a little scared about things, right? That we don't know about. So that that's a fair assessment. Like AI. That, gonna... What do you do with that theory? Brain tries to fill it in, and that's where you get on the conspiracy theories. That's true. I'm not a conspiracy guy. Uh, I know, but it's like that. But that that's even scarier. It's like right. wait, we're worried about the election process, and now you think there's lizard people coming for your children because that seems way. Like those are very different things. I, I think those people are, I, I just don't even know what to say stuff like that. Right? Like <laughs> members of my family, it's members of your family, whether you know it or not. It's good. There's so many people. Cool. You're just lucky if they talk about it. So you can be like, okay, hang on, pause one second. Right. I, I got because most of the time people harbor those and they believe that, but they don't talk about it. They don't think about it. 
A hundred percent. Look, I mean, I live in Texas, grew up in Texas. There's a lot of Looney Tunes here. And, and my... my... Uh, don't, don't blame Texas. They're everywhere. <laughs> Worldwide. They are, they are everywhere. Um, a hundred percent. I definitely think the flat earth is definitely one of those ones that I've heard recently, right? In the last few years or whatever, that has absolutely blows my mind and definitely makes me sad for humanity for some being just like whoa and the movement that it picked up i can understand some people believing it but it just blows my mind how some movements just millions take off yeah crazy take everything you've learned and and there's a firmament right so there's just like a dome over us totally doesn't make sense but here's the thing you you ask the flat earthers it's great you're right, but but is the moon a, a sphere? Oh yeah, and Jupiter. Oh, absolutely. So wait, so all these other planets are, but somehow we're completely different. And you just that, just forget whether we can see the Earth or NASA's faking all the images. Yeah. Just be like, hang on, you know, is the moon round? Absolutely, it is. Okay, the the sun. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so every other planet is round in the entire universe, the galaxy, and everything except for us yep it's like no i mean i've heard some uh you know theories uh, about that the space just doesn't even exist like it's all fake just like what yeah. i just i'm blown away You're pushing closer and closer we're just living in a simulation that's an argument i could have with some i love that I love that idea. I love that thought. And I've seen so many videos. I've heard so many people give explanations on the simulation theory. And I find it fascinating, to be honest with you. And I almost find it, imp it's impossible to disprove, in my opinion, or prove. Right. This is just impossible. But it's interesting to think about, for sure, uh, if we're in a simulation. What, what is your, we'll, we'll end on that, uh, for instance. What is your, I, I is your thought? I'm not, I'm not is it real? I have so many, I have so many real world problems that, that I need to solve in my fake <laughs> world that I'm just going to focus on those for now. And then I'll get to that later. <laughs> if, if that's the case, it should be like the matrix. Elon could be on Mars tomorrow. He just has to, you know, there you go. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, what a great answer to that question, by the way. <laughs> that's, great, that's a great answer. A not answer. Thank, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't have time to prove and that poor guy died, the poor flat earth guy. What's his name? The rocket guy. He went up in the rocket, right? With the steam rocket. And then guess what happened? The very predictable thing that would happen. So you built a homemade steam rocket that's going to launch you into the sky further than you can survive and fall. It's like, that was predictable. His life could have been saved if any of his friends would just be like, so here's the deal, man. You're not getting near 30,000 foot. I will buy out an entire, and I offered to do this for him. Oh. An entire Southwest flight. I'll buy it out. Just two of us on a plane. Let's go up to 30,000 foot, which is whatever, three times twice as high as he was going. And you just bring a camera with you. Like, take whatever you want. It's totally safe. And they will, they will, if you don't believe it, they will figure out how to go higher or whatever. But like, I just feel so bad because I feel like there's these passionate people who really get this, their head wrapped around a concept like that. And they just know it with all their heart. But everybody just is like, oh, you're a lunatic instead of saying, hey, look, totally get that you want to explore this. And it's great. Here's some things you could do that are way better than what you're doing that are super safe. And then maybe you still believe it, maybe you don't. Like, you know, but that was, Absolutely. there was no need for that man to die. And that, that to me. So, right. Yeah, very sad.
Very sad. Uh, if we're... No, I just, we ended on a horrible, sad note. Everybody go go and be depressed now. <laughs> hey, there's still hope. Uh, you know, don't be that guy. That that's it. Um, you know, don't don't be that guy. Um, that, it's that simple. Um, yeah. No, no, no Eeyores. You know, look. I in in a weird way, I respect a guy for willing to go up for his beliefs. And and I, know I that's true, but you know, even if you know, there there is your simulation line from the Matrix, right? You know, I don't I don't believe what you believe. It's like my belief system doesn't require that you do, right? And so. It's good for them. They have all these crazy ideas. I mean, come on. Some of these ideas are just no, they're ludicrous. They're beyond ludicrous. They're beyond logical. They're beyond. I, I think a lot of them are faking that they actually believe it. I think they like the community that it brings you into, right? Well, that's for, QAnon, right? That guy's making tons of money on he, totally. the guy owns all the sites that he posts on. And, and by the way, post it as a really, it's like, we all know who this is, right? Like, yeah. but <laughs> that's a trick of the deep state. Yeah. And as an agent of the deep state, I want to make sure that everyone just goes back to sleep. Well, everyone knows um this is the Q show. So Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, we reveal all the all the secrets. Well, you know, look, um, you know, this is how it is. This one of the this is one of the, you know, double-edged sword of YouTube and information that the internet has brought is that the, some of these things can pop up that otherwise wouldn't have existed and they grow because you're able to connect with people easier and the, the movement can grow more but also good ideas uh can grow I to ask every one of your listeners do me a favor start a good conspiracy why are all conspiracies bad that's a start a good one there's a secret government group called the deep state who is working tirelessly to make sure that we don't need money and it's like gene roddenberry star trek you can all just work on playing the violin or whatever the fuck and have amazing wonderful lives why are there any good conspiracies why is every conspiracy like lizard people are eating your babies why can't i like lizard people know how to space travel and they're going to teach it to babies <laughs> Our future generations will know how to travel the stars like why is there never a good i think that's what i'm going to do from our talk i'm going to go start a website that, that is totally fake, but it's only going to be good conspiracies. That's a great idea. You, <laughs> the election is going to happen. Here's how I know. There's millions of people who are secretly planning on voting. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know. So, so good conspiracies. I'd love to see good conspiracies. I think that's every, great. Every conspiracy is horrible. Why can't it be good? You're right. That's 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 hilarious. I've actually never heard that before. You're right. Good conspiracies. Why why aren't people conspiring to make chocolate chip cookies and save the world? You know, like that I, happens. You're putting so much energy into that. Why don't you just put a little energy into something nice happening? You're making it all up anyway. Everybody knows it. Just nobody wants to tell you. Totally. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes, that's hilarious. Well, look, um, you know, they, they've already told us that um, UFOs are out. Right. They, they've already let us know. So they, they've shown us the videos. I think they're about to desensitize and just let us know for one, once and for all that. that they... But why is it they've secretly been working since the Eisenhower administration to imprison the planet? <laughs> why can't it be like, hey, we don't see them because they're scared the fuck of us because they see we blow everything up, but they want to help us cure cancer. Look, but that could be the conspiracy. Aliens are secretly working with the government to cure cancer. Sounds kind of cool, you know. Sounds great. Aliens are hiding from us in underground layers at the center of the earth, which conflicts with Hitler's underground layer. I just want to say, are they together? Is it like a cohabitation? I don't know what's going on with the whole 
inner earth, you know, Lord of the Rings realms. But, you know, why can't it be something just reasonable and good? It's always some batshit crazy thing that's, that's evil. It's always evil. Oh. Somebody. And the reason that it is, is the psychology of your brain fills in gaps, right? It's Van Roorstorff. In fact, it's why witnesses are unreliable. And, when you, and it's an amazing thing that your brain does. When your brain doesn't have, it has missing data, it makes up the data. And so you make up the data, and if you make it up and you put it on the internet, there's a bunch of people who believe, I also believe that made up data, and then poof, it catches on fire. <laughs> Just fire. Yeah, and again, I, I think a lot of people don't, I actually think a lot of people don't genuinely believe it. I think they... Just again, it brings them into a group. They got friends now. We're talking. We're chatting. I think, I think deep down, they probably don't believe it. They just again, it brings them closer to a bunch of people, and we can share all these crazy ideas and piss off the liberals. Right? Anything to piss off liberals is like or the conservatives. Look, it's the or the libertarians, or you can just piss off whoever your other group is, and that's the problem with conspiracy theories. Is yeah. everybody has another group? Yeah, and it's like, you know, I I hope you're right on your UFO thing. I hope that they, they land, I hope they do a big announcement, and I hope they have like 40 arms and like 36 eyes on a you know, square head or whatever, because then everybody on the planet, it's like, you're this religion, you're this politics, you're that, you're this, you're gay, you're straight, you're whatever. All of those people, I guarantee you would all of a sudden be like, holy shit, all of a sudden we look at like, you're black and you're Hispanic and I'm white, but you know, we don't have a square head with 36 eyes, right? I mean, like it's, and, and, and that's the problem is we would discover aliens, we'd immediately make them, we'd be like them. It's that we love them and us as a species. Yeah. And it's so sad. That's Why can't you just be happy for other people's success? <laughs> you know, so sad. That's, uh, you're asking a lot there. <laughs> I know. Oh. That's asking a lot. Well, what we can do is worry about ourselves and what we control and the people around us, right? And hopefully that sticks and, you know, put, pushes off to other people. Well, cool, man. Well, look, I really appreciate you having me. I know we spent a long time here, but awesome being able to. I'm glad we got it on schedule and we're able to do it. And I'd love to come and do a meal at some point in the future in person. Yeah. And maybe take some of what we talked about. We'll, we'll dive deep on it. Maybe we get a little group together or something of of Austin futurist crazy people. I don't know, but you know, let me know. We definitely, I'd love to, I'd love to see you again. Absolutely, man. It would definitely, definitely do. We'll definitely have a meal. That's a great idea. Um, a hundred percent. So, um, yeah. So again, th I lost you there. Did I lose you? Maybe I did. Um, yep, I did. Well, <laughs> well, that was, um, Mr. Worley. Uh, we just lost him there, but that's okay. Um, so, oh, there he is. He jumped back in. We'll just say hello to him real quick. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean... Now you can hear me. I, I said, and I'm done, motherfucker. I'm out. Poof. I was, that was, that was totally my fault i have this stream deck here with all these shortcuts and i was fidgeting it and i hit the in the zoom meeting shortcut <laughs> that was horrible timing <laughs> thank you for still being here when i tried to come back <laughs> you know what is apropos man this whole this whole everything has just been completely apropos so um but again man thank you so much i know you got a lot of shit to do uh, going on we'll absolutely contact with you we'll set something else up again and we'll do a meal in person 100 love the group idea would love to talk more stuff so but again man i know you got a bunch of stuff to do so thank you so much for this time this has been absolutely amazing i can't wait for this episode to come out uh it's gonna be awesome
Well, thank you so much. Let me know when it comes out. I'll do my best to promote it to all 26 of my followers. <laughs> I can guarantee you. Four more than I got. 12, 13 hits. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I'll talk to you later. Absolutely, brother. All right. Be good, all right. boss. Peace. Bye. Bye. The Lone Star Plate Podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time. (laughs) 